0: Give me fuel, give me fire, give me double turned into a circus actor! Ellie sucks! Can I say something that I think is bullshit?
1: idiot? Yes, we sell out.
0: He also told me he was on acid. Hey, yeah, you better wash that mic off. I was gonna fill it up with my own urine. Alcoholica. And I talked about digging a hole in fucking Durham, smoking hash through the ground
1: Hey, Metallica fans! This is Doc core from Bad Wolves, and you're listening to And Podcast for All. Now, give me the keys, you fucking cocksucker motherfucker!
0: Fortune, fame, mirror, vain.
2: Welcome to podcast For All, I'm Shane Obershaw. And I'm Jeff Winslow. Jeff, Season 3, Episode 3. We got a lot to talk about tonight, man. I'm going to just kick it off. Did you see ESP is coming out with a
0: reissue of the KH Spider? I did, I did. It's surprising that after all this time, that's the guitar they decide to reissue, but I'm excited for it. You have one of those, correct? Yeah, one, let's see, we have one from, what was it? I think the mid-90s or early 90s is the, the year on that one.
2: And I have to ask you, you don't use it much. Is there a reason?
0: I don't really remember why I stopped using it. I stopped using it probably, like, five years ago. Because? I don't know. I, don't know. I Because we have so many guitars, you know, that we use in the band, and I feel like I've gotten accustomed to a few um in particular in the last few years and i've just kind of been stuck on those ones so if you get the bicycle parts judas kiss guitar
2: and the wave caster are you gonna just stop using the mummy the zombie the hamster caster all around that's what i'm afraid of
0: yeah if i if i get a bicycle parts you're gonna see me open up the show with that song
2: (laughs) yeah you're gonna open up with bicycle parts as we play bread fan
0: Eh, wrong
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've got two doses of sad news. Item number one, our friends in the Minnesota militia got their fucking Instagram account deleted a few days
0: ago. Yeah, I saw that. Wasn't it because of the word militia or something like that?
2: I guess big tech doesn't like the word militia floating around there with all the shit going on this week. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. That is absolutely crazy that you just delete an account without even asking a question.
0: Yeah, that is such bullshit.
2: So if you're fans of... Uh, I shouldn't even say fans. Just go to Minnesota Met Club and re them. Great club from Minneapolis. You and I both know them personally. The ex-Minnesota militia, now Minnesota Met Club. Click, like, follow. Did I forget anything? Spread the word. Yeah, pretty much. Um, God, I felt bad for them. That's just fucking crazy.
0: Yeah, it seems like there's been um, a lot of random people that happening to... I I think Don Jameson, the guy from that metal show, I think he, uh, out of nowhere, had his Facebook page or something deleted. 70-some thousand followers, and just out of nowhere,
2: just deleted. Ooh, that'd be a sad but true day. Right, right. Uh, The other bad news I have... Don't worry, we're gonna get some good news, everyone, but the other bad news uh, are... Thoughts go out
0: to the Zazula
2: family. Marsha Z died.
0: Yeah, uh one of the founders of Mega Force, Moment of Silence for her.
2: Ah absolutely. I'm I read um Johnny's book, Heavy Tales. yeah yep. And I swear if it wasn't for Marsha, nothing would have happened. They were down to their last red cent, and everything closing in on them, and taking out a second mortgage on their home, and he was about ready to fold up the tent, and she says, "Nope, we got to continue on. We've got a, we've got a site. We've got a future. Press on, baby."
0: Yeah, she was kind of like the Sharon to his Ozzy.
2: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So thoughts go out to the Zazulas. I've never gotten to meet her. I've met him once, but never, never come across her. It's unfortunate um you know what this is like the third bad news topic i have i think we're just going to call this the bad news podcast
0: yeah you know a little bad news never hurt anybody though uh
2: we got to fire up the hate train <laughs> We've had a ton of, uh, not hate, but good train,
0: great train, gravy train, (laughs) the
2: gravy train ready for some hate train mail.
0: I am. I am. I think I have an idea of who this one is from. I have to apologize for dropping the ball. This is all aimed at me. And if you can believe this,
2: this comes from a fellow guest on a podcast for all. So I hear let's, let's hear it. Mr. Justin Hunt from uh, Road the Lightning. Here we go. Hey guys, love last week's email. Sorry. Hey guys, love last week's show with my good friend Adam, Mr. D'Souza from Massachusetts. But I've got to give you all a hard time. When you were discussing the lineups for Summer Sanitarium 2000 versus 2003, you got the main support act flipped. Corn was on the 2000 tour while Limp Biscuit was on 2003. How did we not catch that? I don't know. This is when I was talking about Fred Durst coming out of the toilet. Right. Not the Metal Up Your Ass toilet, but Biscuit's toilet, and that happened to be on OzFest in 98. And the fucked up thing was, I saw that tour in Somerset in uh, Wisconsin. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) I stand corrected. He also goes on to say we probably won't eject Adam from Road the Lightning for this mistake. But on the topic of chapters, Adam made it sound like I also ran the master, M-A-S-S, master of puppets chapter. I want to make sure we give credit where credit is due. Don Hammond from Massachusetts is their chapter head and a great guy. We look at our chapters as sister chapters for the New England region. Hopefully we'll get the band back here sooner than later. Take care. Hello to all. Justin. Rode the lightning,
0: dun dun dun. Still I,
2: stand. I stand correct. I need to get my toilet tours figured out in my head.
0: Yeah, too much toilet talk.
2: I, I saw Ozfest '98. I saw Sanitarium '2003. I,
0: just... you know, that's what we're gonna name all our bad segments from now on. When we have anything that's bad news, it's gonna be toilet talk. That's
2: <laughs> I like that toilet talk. You heard it here first in podcast for all season three episode three. We're seven minutes in, we've talked about all this bad stuff, everything I've dropped the ball on, ESP has a new guitar out that you're not going to play, Metal Militia, or Minnesota Militia loses their chapter, page. I mean, something's got to turn for the good here. It's all toilet talk. I can't even (laughs) talk, I'm stumbling all over my words, something has to turn here. You ready to get to our guest tonight? Let's do it, man. This gentleman, you're going to love this chapter name, is from Dyers Cleave, Jeff.
0: Oh my god, that is seriously the best chapter name I've ever heard. You no say offense that about to all every the other, No, but you know, Dyer's Eve is my favorite Kirk solo, so that song has a special place in my heart, and that's the best play on words I've heard yet, for sure.
2: Dyer's Cleve, as you can guess, Cleveland, Ohio. Yep. Uh, this guy saw 28 out of the 35 shows on the Black Ticket Tour. Um... I don't want to give away too many things, but I think he has a toaster from Lars. He's won some serious contests, and his Metallica collection is... It's hard to explain. You've seen my collection.
0: Yeah, there's there's a good chunk of stuff there.
2: I feel like I have some pretty cool things, an autographed pinball machine, a lot of pretty rare shit, but I, I don't even come close to this guest because I've... I've seen what we're about, we're ready to talk about.
0: Well, let's bring them in, man.
2: All right, here we go. Dyers Cleave, 28 shows on the Black Ticket Tour, 75-plus shows, I believe. I got a few questions for him. From Cleveland, Dyers Cleave, Mr. Jason Garkowski.
1: What's up, Jace? Hey, what's up, everybody? How are you guys doing?
0: We're doing good, man. How are you
1: doing? Excellent, excellent.
2: We are excellent, Jace. We as you heard, went over 80% bad news. Now it's all going to turn for the good. Tell us something good about Cleveland right now. We need some good news.
1: It's got to be uphill. Dude, there's no snow on the ground, which is awesome.
2: That's rare because you get all that lake effect, don't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, we do. I just spent the last month up in Montreal, and Cleveland got hit pretty good. I came home, no snow. So things are looking up
0: hey man at least it's looking up for you guys because as we record this on wednesday january 13th tomorrow the 14th minnesota is supposed to get hit with snow for like the next i don't know i think it's supposed to go for like 18 20 hours or something crazy like that so it's going to be interesting to see what happens and i don't have to be up there for any of that jeff i don't have to be up there till the 27th oh man you're so lucky i hate the snow Oh
2: Jason, uh Browns fan, Cavs fan. We got a lot to talk about if you're a Browns fan. The
0: Browns, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh I will say, um, I'm a casual Browns fan. Mm-hmm. Grew up, my dad's a diehard, my brother's a diehard. Sundays is when I would just go to my room and jammed the Metallica. I'd be like, All right, this you know, it's cool. For a while I almost rooted against them. they were so <laughs> shitty. So it was like, just keep losing like it was almost comical to me.
0: I just I feel bad for all those diehards that every year they get ready and they're like, "Yep, this is going to be our year." And then I mean, there's been so many years with the Browns that, you know, unfortunately, I mean, you know.
1: Oh, yeah, my my entire all my friends, all my family, it's yeah. And then like, you know, it's like so the last time the Browns played on my birthday, which is actually this upcoming Sunday the 17th, dude, that was like 1988. <laughs> And all the Browns had to do was, like, win and they go to the Super Bowl against Denver. Oh, no. And, like, one of our best players fumbles it. Like, <laughs> last play of the game. And Browns don't go to the Super Bowl because of the fumble. And I was like, son of a bitch.
2: So did your dad and brother Jason have those dog faces that they always wear in the end zone?
1: Oh, dude. Like, so I, when I was little, they don't have them now. But when I was little, in the newspaper, they had them where you can cut them out and, like, put them on cardboard. And Oh, Yeah. Dude, like, so, like, uh, here's another one. It's funny. Like, we were watching the Browns game when we were little. And my parents have this, like, little arm armrest like, right by the kitchen. And my dad's drinking a beer, watching the game. Me and my brother are sleeping on the floor, right in front of the TV. My dad, go, go. And he's running and he starts pumping his fist. And next thing you know, he punched off the ceiling fan light. Go <laughs> <so> into it. <laughs>
2: that is so great only in the browns world if i remember right the browns have had more quarterbacks in the last 30 years by like double digits than any other team oh, any yeah.
0: two teams combined
1: yeah just google like browns quarterback jersey you'll see some great photos like
0: oh god that list is somebody,
1: somebody made a jersey and put every quarterback since they came back on there.
0: <laughs> oh shit you might need a couple jerseys for that
2: I remember when I was a kid, it was uh, Bernie Kosar was the the hero.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bernie, local legend.
2: And then they thought their prayers were answered when they got Johnny Manziel, and that was just a fucking disaster.
0: Could have been great. Should have been great.
2: So I'm guessing more of a Cavs fan.
0: Um, You know, I am a Cavs
1: fan. Um, My ultimate favorite was the Indians. I've kind of boycotted them now.
2: So, Well, the name's changing.
1: Well, right. That's like, you know what? they took our logo away now they're changing the name they traded our one of you know our best player on our team and another fan favorite i'm like i'm just done with them there's no connection to them now
2: oh uh lindor yeah
1: lindor and this guy carrasco the pitcher so i'm just like all right i'm done with them so i'm back to the Cavs, and now i'm a little bit more on the browns page
2: yeah last two weeks I haven't been good between lindor and then the name getting switched i'm like can we get any more cancel culture for fucking name changes? Come on, it's major league baseball.
0: Yeah, It's a baseball team. It's Dude, been it, yeah. it's been a, the team's name for I mean how many decades? It's ridiculous. Yep,
2: my thoughts exactly. You got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame though, jeez, that's one thing going for you.
1: We do, and it's a cool
2: place. We've been there. We have been there. That's where the wavecaster is.
1: Uh, actually, I think they took it out of there. Actually, now.
2: Oh, so they swap stuff in and
1: out? Yeah, um, that Wavecaster has been there for quite a few years. I think just uh, last November, they put up a new exhibit. Um, Lars's orange drum set's there. Oh, The Diamond Plate Explorer's there, I think. Maybe a spider guitar.
0: I know his, uh, I think his Truesart Explorer was there when we were there. Jason's like. Graphics. Binge and Purge outfit and bass was there. I think. Was the the Justice uh, Scale still on the display?
1: Yeah, so I think they took that entire display out. Oh, wow. Other instruments display that was in New York. And Metallica was part of that. So they moved all that Metallica stuff in now. The only thing that's still there is like in a different section, but Cliff's bass, the Rickenbacker.
2: I was just going to ask that. That's in a whole different section downstairs. I remember where that's at.
1: Yeah, that and the... Uh, yeah, it was like
2: away from the Metallica section itself. Yep. I think there are what, whiplash lyrics by that bass? Yep. Was I it think, whiplash? Yeah. Very cool. Good, good trivia question, by the way.
0: <laughs> we had a day off when we were out on tour, and we stopped in there, and some of the stuff in there, I mean, it was amazing to see that it was it almost didn't even seem real when you're looking at it you know it's a
1: cool place i don't know for me i uh being a music fan like every once in a while i'll just sign up for a membership and i'll wake up on sunday mornings and like all right i got nothing to do i'll go down there spend a couple hours walk around and watch all the films and all the read all the little descriptions
0: i don't know it's kind of cool i enjoy it Well, and it's cool that they, it seems like they keep it fresh where they're swapping things out and putting new stuff in and changing it up. So it's not just the same old thing every time.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I think uh, on the black ticket, uh, you know, on the arena tour, a bunch of the people that came to town, they were all going on that day after the show. So I was like, oh yeah, let's go. So we went and that was probably the last time I saw all that older Metallica stuff before they removed it. So then, when I went back last year, I was like, "Oh wow, all new exhibit!" So kind of cool.
2: I remember when Jeff and I were there, Jason. The wave caster had barely any fluid left in it. So when you run out of blue urine, I guess you got to trade the exhibit out,
1: right? Got to yeah.
2: throw it up with Kirk's real
0: urine now.
1: <laughs> I want to say one of the first times I saw that there, there was a good amount in there, and then over the years, it just yeah vanished. <laughs> <That's laughs> it got thirsty.
2: As Kirk says, it got stale.
0: Yeah, it got stale. They need to, they needed to freshen it up. Wash that mic off.
1: But then I just, uh, I couldn't figure out how to uh, like preserve the urine because you know it's stale.
0: Well, Jason,
2: seventy five plus shows. Um, I was a couple people down from you on the rail in Grand Forks for your fiftieth show, and the mighty Mister Hetfield even gave you a shout out. That was that was
1: amazing, dude. That was a uh, pretty mind blowing. I uh, was like, oh shit, he's like talking straight to me and he like looked at my banner he's like pointed he's like oh that's cool like wow fuck yeah this is awesome what kind of banner was it dude it was a pillowcase i stole from the hotel (laughs) i uh dude like it's funny because i woke up i stayed with glenn and ula the guys from norway and i was sleeping on the floor woke up and we were just bsing about the show that day and i'm like oh i think today might be my 50th because i normally keep track but loosely i don't pay attention too much and they're like oh did you make a sign i'm like no they're like oh you should make one I'm like oh pillowcase it is here we go they were watching that show vikings or something and glenn's like oh that's pretty good all right banner it is let's take it
2: compliments of the best western
1: <laughs> Nah, it's probably marriott or something
2: <laughs> so, yeah right 75 plus shows do you know where you're at is it 80 mid 80s or so
1: um no um I think I'm at like 78 I have to double check the count
2: I um it's like 77 or 78 Well if your memory remains when uh when did it all start for you July 3rd 1996 in Columbus Ooh.
1: Ohio 96 in the su- Lollapalooza Yep Wow Yeah I was supposed to see him on that uh shit in the sheds tour. And I was, like, 14 for that show. And I remember going into my freshman year of high school, a couple of my friends were like, oh, we're going to go. My sister's going to drive us. All right, cool. Well, my parents had a vacation, family vacation booked. Oh, man. They had to change the flight. And so we left the morning of that concert. Oh. Oh, yeah. So the height of, like, my Metallica, like, peaking, really getting into everything, was it those first two years of high school? Sure. And I was like, dude, I need to see these guys. So when they let, when they announced La Pluza, I called my uncle up because I didn't even drive yet. I had my temps and I'm like, hey, if I buy your ticket, will you drive me down to Columbus? Hell yeah. Well, then he's like, so his anniversary was on July 4th and he always did a big July 4th party. He's like, well, I'll drive you, but you need to come over and work for the day because I got to get this house ready. Dude, I'm wearing my like the scary guy shirt, you know, with the European dates on the back. Yep. I wore that there. I'm all ready to go. And he has me painting like, <laughs> in the outside. Like, I still have the shirt. There's like paint splotches on it. But...
2: Is that the one on the back where it's like the map of Europe and each country has their flag in it? Yep. yep. And then the scary guys are where the cities are. That's it. I love that shirt. Obviously, you never have it, but I know which one you got.
1: Yep. Yeah. Dude, I, I remember buying that at, like a record store in like eighth grade and like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. God, About so- that and that, uh, that Pusshead, like, all-over print shirt. Yes. Like, both of those are my first two. I bought them both the same day. Those are my first two Metallica shirts. Still have them both. Like,
2: I can squeeze into them now. <laughs> Lollapalooza, though, for a first gig. That's memorable.
1: Yeah, it's kind of funny, though, because I look back and, like, I don't remember the set list too much. I remember being kind of just, like, in shock and, like, awe. Watching them come out and watching everybody around me like react like dude like we got there i don't know 20 minutes before the band went on stage so like looking back in hindsight i kind of wish i would have been there to see rancid and like the ramones sure but i was going for metallica metallica only we got there and i remember walking in there like i bought tickets at the grocery store that afternoon nobody was even there to collect my ticket so like we just walked in like don't you want my ticket but then we got there and like people were just going crazy before they even came on i remember seeing video cameras everywhere boobs everywhere and lots of weed smoking everywhere And my uncle who's a teacher i remember him looking around like
2: it's a hell of an afternoon
1: yeah kind of like oh this is very interesting
2: (laughs) So pretty loose setting, not even taking tickets, just kind of walk into the grounds because they're all outdoor festivals.
1: Yeah, and like the parking was across the street, so yeah, we just walked across the street. And yeah, nobody was even there at that point. Like I said, we got there twenty minutes before the band went on. So,
2: but after that, you were hooked for life, and here we are, eighty shows later, twenty twenty
0: one.
1: Dude, I yeah, dude, I was hooked for life as soon as I heard Binge and Purge. That was pretty much like, who? That was so mind blowing.
0: That seems to be a staple in everybody's, like, Metallica history. You know, there's always that turning point when you finally see Binge and Purge. And it's like, whether you were a fan before then or just becoming a fan, once you hit that point, it's like it becomes a whole new thing.
1: Yeah, dude, those – like, I had – my first copy of it was on cassette tape. So I had the cassette tape version, and I wore those tapes out so bad, like –
2: so the audio of Mexico City, and then oh, yeah, Mexico
1: audio th- that was my gateway. So, so C- Seattle was awesome, and San Diego were awesome, but Mexico City just hit me differently. I think something about Mexico City was like, wow,
2: so powerful. Yep, that's that's where we get. I swear, ninety percent of our banter from is that exact recording.
1: Oh yeah, dude. Like I listened to it. I'm like, oh yeah. Like I know every little flub in between every <laughs> song and or at least I used to. But like dude, I have to listening to those shows in Mexico City and Mexico City, muy fucking bien. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: Mexico City, muy fucking bien. Muchas gracias. See ya.
1: Dude, like I was like, dude, one day I'll get there. So I finally got to go for the oh cool for that they did those three shows so i went for those and that was amazing
2: that's what basically kicked off that uh that production yeah that was kind kind of the warm-up shows of that of the of that i should say current stadium stage but that's where you got to see the the inflatable m and the a for the first time
1: yep and the big beach balls coming out the top and all that stuff
2: absolutely what was that crowd like compared to the states
1: Oh, dude, that was insane. My uh, my first night, tickets were sold out when I decided to go. So I ended up buying one of those VIP packages, which really wasn't too much more. I figured, oh, I'll see the museum. That was cool. Ran in, got early entry. Claimed a spot on the rail. Dude, that was insane. Front row rail for Mexico City. As soon as they opened the gates for the early admission people. Just getting crushed. Dude, yeah. Then when they open them for general general admission people, it was like times five. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like I am. When I was back in the VIP lounge, they were like, "Oh, you all normally get one or two free drinks. Tonight's open bar for Mexico City." Wow, dude, I'm a drinker. I You're like fun. to, party. but I'm like, dude, I'm not gonna drink because I'll go pissed then in the middle of the show.
0: Yeah, you don't want to lose your spot. Oh. So
2: you're on the rail in the daytime, there's no band playing, and people are already pushing, like you can just feel the wave coming.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And then as as soon as like Iggy Pop came on, I was like, you could feel it even more. By the time Metallica came on, dude, it was insane. Like I had some kid next to me who was like seventeen years old passing out because he was drinking tequila all day. (laughs) And they're like throwing him over the barrier. Uh it was hard holding my spot, but I managed the whole show and it was kind of like rail for Mexico City was like,
2: I hit the oh, goal. That sounds intense. Like ecstasy of gold into hardwired. What was that wave pressure like?
1: Dude, it was insane is the only word I can describe it with. Like, I mean, it was just like a monsoon coming at you. Be I mean, like, you know what? I
2: feel my ribs compressing.
1: You know what? I <laughs> Actually, it wasn't even that because there were so many people when the general mission doors opened that it was just a constant flood like that the entire time. It never let up. So, I mean, you're just smashed against the rail. I got back. The bruise marks on my chest were just like cemented into me.
2: Wow. Yeah. It was a battle wounds, Jase. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about in your little bio you sent me. You actually have a toaster. I do, and that came from who or from where and for why? And unbelievable.
1: Um, it was sent uh, from Lars. Uh, well, via HQ, but mm-hmm. Lars' request. Um, it was like 2007, I believe, or 2007, 2008, right around there. They were getting ready to induct Black Sabbath into like the Rock Hall. I was on the message boards, my club message boards. And somebody was just like, oh, I wonder what they're going to announce. Because they announced, oh, we have something big to announce soon, but we can't tell you what. Being from Cleveland, I was like, oh, the Rock Hall ceremony is coming up. And Sabbath was up that year. And so I'm like, oh, I bet you they're going to like induct Sabbath into like the Rock Hall. Because there were rumors that Sabbath didn't want to play. And
2: I remember that smart man, man.
1: Yeah, so I was just kind of just bullshitting, just like we are now. and That's what I think. They're going to duck Sabbath to the, I don't know, like a week or two later. They're like, oh, Trend Killer gets the special one-off Metallica toaster. He was right. This is what what we're doing. Like, it wasn't even – it wasn't no contest or competition. It was just like, I'm just bullshitting. (laughs)
2: Toaster.
1: (laughs) Well, so, like, I I read the word toaster, so I'm thinking – toaster as in cheers toast to you good job sure so like a week or two later i come home from work and it was the same day of that induction ceremony i was going down to the rock hall to go watch it via telecast and there's a box from met club i'm like what the hell is this i didn't order anything like jason lars wanted you to have this blah 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 blah. the bands off to europe or wherever they were going dude Toaster, they fucking put Metallica stickers all over it. Like they went to the store and bought a toaster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ta- they said, have some Talica toast.
1: Yeah. Well, then, you know, so after talking with Vicky, you know, at HQ, whatever, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. She's like, Lars will sign up for you, but, you know, they're on the road. So he, but he wanted you to have it for now. So, so cool. It's yeah, so, so cool,
0: but so uh, random.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's in my China cabinet now. So any guest that comes over,
2: there's the Metallica toaster. So when it was sent to you, it wasn't signed. It was just a Metallica toaster.
1: Right, right. It wasn't originally signed, but then she was like, oh, send it back, and Lars will sign it when the band gets back in town. All four of them? Uh, no, just Lars. It was, okay. like, it was a Lars thing. Okay. Lars asked her to send it, and it was his
2: idea, and send the toaster. So cool. Jeff, a little uh, news that I know about Jason. I've... I've seen Jason as we do in passing at all these concerts. I don't know him well, but do you remember the Sick of the Studio tour? I do, yeah. We are talking to the band right now that named that tour.
0: Oh, really? Yes. That was what, uh, 2007? That
1: was 2007. And that's so that's kind of why I get my years mixed up with like the toaster because
2: it all happened like,
1: so fast. Like, I think the toaster was first. And then they put out the thing about the sick of the studio tour. And so I won the sick of the studio tour naming contest. And then I won a contest in the, so what magazines like two months after that,
2: you get some good luck, Jason.
0: Yeah. You should have bought a lottery ticket,
2: right?
1: Well, they say things happen in threes. And so that was my three. Fair enough. Well,
2: that's why you're on season three, episode three. It's only fitting.
1: Dude. Yeah. There you go.
2: Now it's time
0: to go buy a lottery ticket.
2: It's really time. I will I, when I'm talking to you guys. I remember when Lars was—he's sitting at the table, the kitchen table in HQ, going through hundreds of names on what must have been print-offs from the message board. Boom! Sick of the studio. Puts it down. He just goes, "That's it. No more to read."
1: Actually, I think it was James. Like I—I uh, I posted the video on my Facebook not long, well, about a year ago. But yeah, I dug it out. I was like, it's pretty cool watching them. Like James, is like sick of the studio oh yeah that's what it is amazing dude i came home i was out that night and i came home and i had an email from Met club like oh did you see the video i'm like what are they talking about <laughs> like like signed on there half buzzed and i'm like oh shit i just won this contest
2: what was the prize for that another toaster
1: no i got a.
0: it was a waffle maker
2: yeah <laughs> I got tickets and
1: passes, two tickets and two passes, meet and greet passes to any show I wanted. Oh damn. Wow. Yeah. So I um I didn't end up cashing that in until Death Magnetic Tour. Which was actually the first time they came back to the States, anyways. Yep. But so I saved it for like Cincinnati and took my buddy Brandon, who's also a diehard, but he doesn't do social media too much, doesn't go on the forums. So I was like, all right. We're going backstage. And it's funny because then, like in the video, the meet and greet video, he's the one that got all the video time. Oh, nice. Loud and
2: obnoxious and crazy. And so, yeah, it's super cool, though. So, two tickets and two meet and greets. That's a damn rare thing these days. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Dude, it was super. I was like, one meet and greet, two tickets, or one on one would have still been. All right, that's cool.
2: I know. I know. But he's proud of his town. You know, that's a damn rare thing these days.
1: I should hit up Rob Trujillo though, because in the video he's like, "Oh, you get to come to backstage and get a sandwich or something." I'm like, dude, where's my sandwich? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it ain't for fucking sandwiches. <laughs> good times, man!
2: You got some good luck, Jason. Got to keep that up.
0: Yeah. Well, Jason, we've uh, we've got our new segment and voting for all. We offer two songs. You got to pick between one of them. And we're also going to let the people on social media vote as well. Are you ready for and voting for all? I am ready. Let's do this. All right. So tonight I picked two songs. So we, I, I try to keep it somewhat in a theme. Tonight it is the battle of the cover songs. Whoa. So tonight it is going to be their two most popular, arguably, Turn the page versus whiskey in the jar. You smoked the day's
1: last cigarette, remembering what she said.
0: Ooh, Jeffy.
1: Out a doubt, whiskey in the jar for me.
0: He didn't even have to think about that, Jeff. Wow. I I thought it'd be more of a discussion than that.
1: Now, whiskey in the jar, man. I don't know. Like, it just moves me. I still am not sick of hearing it live. Like, Yeah, it's just great. Turn the pages are right, but it's kind of like a chill out, like more epic-y. Whiskey in the Jar just gets me going. I remember Lollapalooza 2016 sitting there and like drinking beers on the side when they played it and all the hula hoop girls and their flashing hula hoops going. (laughs) It was the greatest scene ever. It's
0: definitely more of a party song.
1: Yeah, which you know what? That kind of fits me more. So that's why I go that route. And song,
2: partying song i love the footage from uh slain castle the place just goes ape shit when they break into that mm-hmm. love it love the video too yeah turn
1: the page isn't bad but yeah whiskey definitely wins it for me
2: didn't even have to think about it and voting for all the polls are open now turn the page versus whiskey in the jar but
0: here I am in
2: prison. speaking of songs jason uh season three your dream no more setlist have you come prepared Have you done your homework sir dude i did do my homework and i let me tell you this is kind of
1: hard because i was like so i have all the songs i want to hear <laughs> but, but not all of them really fit into like the flow of a normal setlist and okay, so okay it's a dream r- well right but no you, you know metallica you know lars like they're gonna sit there and like how does this flow into this so that's exactly what I did. Dude, I made my set list and found all the live songs on YouTube.
2: Wow. So these actually, like, hang into each other. They should, yeah. Hang and doodles.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I didn't mark down all the hangs and doodles and chants, but I can almost envision James talking here, Lars standing up, snapping at us here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be detailed. I'm
2: excited for this. There's going to be some cutoffs, some uh, hole-in-one Lars, some juanas, some no-fucker-arounds, maybe?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. There's plenty of rooms for those. <laughs> but I'm ready yeah. when you guys are.
2: <laughs> to kick things off, since you're in Cleveland, is do you have a dream venue, or this can be anywhere?
1: You know what? Like We have a venue here called the Cleveland Agora. I would love to see them there. They played there in 83, but it was actually at a different building that burned down. And so that's like, probably the only... Semi beast or semi decent building that they haven't played here in Cleveland, so I would love to see them there.
2: Is the Gund Arena still
1: standing? It's now it's called Quicken Loans Arena, but it's the same Quicken Loans. Yeah. So the oh, oh, actually no, now it's the Rocket Mortgage Field House. <laughs> um, it, I think Metallica might have been the last concert that it was
2: called Quicken Loans
1: Arena, and that was twenty nineteen.
2: So the Cavs always pl- the Cavs have always played in that building, right? Yep. Well, so
1: the, before '94 they didn't,
2: but since '94. So the Gund is the same building as Quicken, that is now called what was it again? Rocket Mortgage Field House. Dude,
0: okay. their buildings are taking uh, place of their quarterbacks. They said, you know what? We've had that many quarterbacks. <laughs> now we got to have all these different building names too. <laughs> okay. I saw Metallica at the Gunned. I saw
2: him at Quicken, I didn't know if it was the same building or not, it was about a 20 year spread there, and I have not seen him in the, as the new name.
1: When did you see him? Uh, St. Anger tour? Then, uh... Uh, M2K. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was there.
2: I was Gunned, and yep. then St. Anger, and then Magnetic. Okay, yeah. Uh, magnetic, when the PA went out during day.
1: Yep. Dude, we got Dyer's we got Dyer's Eve that night. We got Judas Kiss that night.
2: Absolutely. I remember the PA and I was like, ooh, this is interesting.
1: Yeah, that was a totally awesome show, unique set list. That's why that one stands out. Yeah, that was
2: that was huge. Cleveland yeah, the PA
1: just added to it.
2: It was in the middle of day and then I remember some of the techs. they lowered one of the coffins and then used the coffin as an elevator to go up there and, and play with some shit. I'm like, oh this is this is some history going down here. Yeah,
1: James said something like, you guys better tell us when this happens or else we'll just keep fucking rocking or something. Yeah, pretty
2: much. He wasn't happy. All right, man, your your dream no more from the club ballroom downtown Cleveland in 83. What do you got?
1: Yeah, all right. So uh, I'm going to open up Ecstasy of Gold into Struggle Within. Wow. Without the intros. So, minus that new intro that they do, and minus the recorded intro from the album, you know, the drums.
0: So, you're talking ecstasy right into... Right Okay. <laughs> okay. I like where this is going.
1: And then I'm going to follow that up with Disposable Heroes, followed by Bells. Classic. Followed, followed by Motor Breath. Whoa. And then after Motor Breath.
2: So the Kirk solo at the end of Bells goes right into the drum intro?
1: Um, I didn't figure that out yet, but possibly. <laughs> You'll know, we'll figure that one out.
0: Yeah, where are our cutoffs are at. Right? I'm um, still
2: amazed that opening was struggle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> struggle at the end is awesome. Yes, it uh, is. I love that song, and something about just the way that song itself starts. I always, dude, that would be a great opener.
2: So underrated. Yep, I could
0: see that as a good opener.
1: My my initial thought for an opener was going to be so what? Strong, and I was like, nah, struggle. Uh, struggle would be awesome. Struggle would be awesome.
0: It's definitely awesome, and it's better than Bread Fan, so I dig it. Uh,
1: I've seen it as the opener, so that's why I didn't make my cut.
2: See, Jeff, he can appreciate it because he's seen it. He knows it's badass. Struggles just a little bit above it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so all right. So after Motor Breath, I think we'll you know get a little sing along ish and we'll go with Memory Remains. All right after memory we're going to halo and then after halo we got wasting my hate
0: whoa jeff that's a jamming song
1: it is i um i kind of struggled where to put it in the set list but dude wasting my hate's is
2: great I'm like i wish they would incorporate it live now did you hear him play it on the load tour jason
1: i did I heard on the Lotor, and I want to say possibly... Oh, no. Lotor. Lotor, Fillmore.
2: Yeah, Fillmore. I forgot about that.
1: Lotor, Fillmore, and there might have been somewhere else in between. Nice. One time. And then All Within My Hands, of course, but... So, all right. So, after Wasting My Hate, we got Broken Beat and Scarred. God, that's
2: even in our previous seasons with the island and the desert songs that came up quite a bit Great it, came, tune.
0: it definitely came up more than i would have expected and now every time i hear that song or i hear that name i just think that's the sword song because of what kyle said about that song you know that's like his favorite metallic song yeah and didn't he say that they said they uh they were listening to the sword or something like that it was they were inspired by the sword when writing the riffs to that song or something like that yes sir
1: I did not know that, or I, maybe I misheard that part, but yeah, that's awesome. Like, dude, that's the right it's a great song. Great
2: riff, Jason. I love it.
1: Yeah, I, um, yeah, I don't know. I love Broken Beat Scarred. Something about it, like, it's a great song and it's great live. Like, I feel like it just gets people bouncing and moving. And that's kind of like when I was coming up with these songs, As like, I like songs that kind of move people. People just aren't standing around i want people to maybe sing along or bounce along because that's all part of the like live show experience for me it's kind of if you're standing just standing there like all right this is cool Play nothing else matters again all right cool
0: <laughs> doing something the fuck along yes doing something the fuck along here we go doing the
2: something the fuck along here we go <laughs> Yeah, BBS uh, live. It's bouncy. It's it's up tempo. Also, a great music video.
0: Yeah, I love that music video. He, the, yeah. he plays the plays the Yes, he does Truesart Les Paul, and that always loved that guitar. Ever since I saw that, I went and found one at a boutique guitar store, and I've always wanted to buy one, but they're so freaking expensive. How spendy? Uh, anywhere from thirty five to fifty five hundred, depending on used wow. or brand new. They're pretty spendy. They look heavy, are they? It it is heavy, but I mean, and you'd think it would sound thin because it's in, you know, it's a mm-hmm. steel body, but mm-hmm. they play and sound absolutely amazing. Like I see exactly why he didn't change the pickups, like it didn't have EMG's. It was just the stock guitar as it came and I mean, they really are a piece of art. They sound so good.
2: They look badass. I figured if he was using it it sounds pretty damn good too. Right?
0: Yeah, it's not like they play shit a year.
2: I think that BBS video, Jason, you you probably know this. That's a Wayne Isham video. I believe it is. I think so. You can never go go wrong with Wayne.
1: No, I mean, they're a little scatterbrained, but they're cool for what they are. Oh, God, yeah.
2: All right. Halo, Wasting My Hate, BBS. I can't imagine what's around the corner.
1: Uh, BBS is followed by Shortest straw. Nice. I like that. After Shortest Straw, we'll slow it down a bit. We'll go into Unforgiven 3. Okay. And then I heard the first guest on this season mention this song, and I was like, damn it. But uh, Prince Charming.
2: (laughs) Mr. Adam D'Souza from out east.
1: I love Prince Charming. and like, oh, dude, I would kill to hear that song live.
0: I do like that song. It's really truly amazing that we've had that song twice I did not think it would pop up again
2: that's when he also said he wanted Elton John to play Unforgiven 3 intro
0: <laughs> that's right
1: <laughs> no I, I don't need Elton John there for me So, are you gonna even
0: have an intro tape or is it just right into that song too
1: <laughs> uh, after shortest job we'll probably need the intro tape so they are
0: gonna need a second to take a breather
1: <laughs> Lars is probably listening to this like fuck you dude I need a break
2: oh he's listening
0: He's got his personal air conditioner up there. He's good. (laughs) Jimmy, come fan me with some drumsticks.
2: (laughs) Get one of those Hawaiian fans on me after straw. Right, right. (laughs) Mr. Clark, where are you? All right, Unforgiven 3, Prince Charming.
1: Then I go into Misery, My Friend of Misery. Nice. Um, That is followed by Whiplash. Whiplash. Which is followed by Freight Ends. Jesus. And then, from Freight Ends, I go into Sanitarium. And then, Outlaw Torn, without the intro. Like,
2: no intro. Because,
1: you know, they're doing that new intro. So, scrap that new intro. And then, you uh, like
2: the SMM yeah. scratching?
1: No. No intro.
2: Just, like, a eight count right into it? Yep. Okay.
0: He doesn't like intro. Uh,
1: yeah, you know, the intros to me are just like, come on, get into it. Just get
2: to the song.
1: <laughs> well, right. And like, in my mind, I was that's what I was envisioning. Just the way that one song ends, goes right into that next one. Right.
2: I like that. Frayed, Editarium, Outlaw. And then
1: I had to throw a cover. I missed the days when they did cover songs, like every night. So I'm going with So What so
2: hell yeah we're gonna open it now it's at the bottom
1: yeah and then after so what your fireworks and all that hullabaloo ends with master of puppets
2: as a closer wow
1: yeah i think puppets would actually work really well as a closer i um i think enough people know it it's just as big as sandman i feel oh and yeah and you
0: could have everybody singing along with the harmonized interlude and all oh that God, stuff yeah. i mean yeah. it's definitely a fan favorite
1: james has his like, space in there where he can say his hellos goodbyes thank yous i think puppets would be an
2: awesome closer on the uh arena tour they kind of closed out the main set with that before the encore, that that little doodle jam at the end You're right, they did. That was so cool, and then it kind of pumped up with the hi, 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 hi. Jeff, you saw that show.
0: Yeah.
2: It's maybe a 45 to a minute kind of jam where it's just getting everyone involved, and then they're playing kind of like straight time 4-4, and then at the end it's just
0: da, 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 da,
2: da, fast cut off.
0: Yep. I thought it was cool. cool.
2: That's uh, quite the list, Jace. You had me totally off guard when Struggle opened it up. (laughs) With no tape, that's I like that detail.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's funny because I was like going through, like, listen, like, oh, how do they play alive in 2012? How do they play alive here? And, like, yeah, s- screw the intro, screw the re- even like the studio intro. Like, just, yeah, go straight into it. It's, it's in a way, it's like the hardwired. Just go straight into hardwired. You know, I don't, I don't need the build up. Just ecstasy of gold, and the way you know James used to be like so fucking what and just bust into it yeah <laughs> that's all i want just go straight into it
2: i love that energy
0: so fucking what
2: jeff can you imagine closing out the night sanitarium outlaw so what puppets
0: man someday i just want to do a tour where we play all of our guest setless <laughs> each night <laughs>
1: So, I you know, and I will say being somebody like I don't play an instrument, so I don't know all the proper tunings and all the logistical setups of having this guitar ready doesn't
0: matter overall, your set was actually pretty it was pretty good. I mean, I feel like that is strong for the most part we could you could put cutoffs and hangs pretty much everywhere there. I mean it would work, Jeff, we would have to learn
2: b b s Straw, Unforgiven 3 and Prince Charming, the
0: rest we've played I know most of BBS and a little bit of Straw and the rest I would definitely have to learn
2: (laughs) I have to get a grand piano for Unforgiven 3 because we're playing that the correct way you know how to play piano so you're doing it there you go Misery, Whip, Sanitary yeah we've done all that, that'd be so fun
0: Shane will get his Tommy Lee moment where he can play the piano and then run back over to the kit I'm on my way. There you go.
1: Set <laughs> me free,
2: Cleveland.
1: that <laughs> for when you come to Cleveland. Then, uh, yeah, that'll be awesome.
2: Can I get a roller coaster, Jason, that goes to the back of the uh, Quick and Loans Arena as I play oh, that?
1: Oh, yeah, sure.
2: Just small details. Really, really cheap production.
1: Or call my boys. I'll have them set it up for you. <laughs>
0: He's like, we got some good PVC pipe out back. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we know a couple uh, mutual Metallica techs. We got some duct tape, some PVC, uh, you know, a couple. Right, right. Some zip ties. We're good. Yeah, this, this is easy. <laughs> good God. Jason, I want to touch a little bit on your uh, your collection. I think you're one of the top Metallica collection guys in the world. When did that all start?
1: um i've actually probably ninety seven, ninety eight is probably when i like dude yeah back then is when i started it was kind of dude i when i was little i collected baseball cards and so when i kind of stopped collecting baseball cards but then i got really into metallica and i remember having a couple different magazines or books that had all these like memorabilia photos and stuff, old T-shirts. I'm like, oh, I want that shirt. Oh, I want that. And what's his Garage Days album? I can't find that anywhere. So I'd be going out to used record stores and looking for Garage Days every week.
2: Did you ever have a magazine or a catalog called Rockabilia?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, I was like religiously into that thing, and that company was actually down the street where I used to live in Minneapolis. Really? But you could never go to like they never had a store like you could
0: walk into it was just it was in the magazine say again jeff it was in the magazine you'd always see like their ads and they'd have all their shirts i remember they had a t-shirt i always wanted as a kid it said fucking slayer on it and i wanted it so bad so i could wear it to school and get that. in trouble and say whatever i'm still wearing this shirt and then you know get suspended probably but i just i wanted that shirt so bad and i never got it yeah, Rockabilia. The first two shirts I think I ever ordered were
2: Sad But True and the, um, the Unforgiven Executioner
0: shirt. I had that shirt. Love that shit. That's such a great shirt.
1: Rockabilia, they always changed up their ads every couple months or they'd swap out like mm-hmm. one a shirt in, but then they're like, order your back patches <laughs> or your back patches. And then That's right. I think it was Rockabilia that used to have at like, the earrings too. They'd always have with the dagger earrings and the sword <laughs> earrings.
2: <laughs> yep, they had all the jewelry, the accessories, but they those they had those shirts lined up there like blocks, and you'd have to just put in the order number. And then the internet came along, and all our dreams were smashed.
1: So, you know, like here in Cleveland, we had a store called Perry's Rock Pile, which I got turned on to in like 7th or 8th grade. And it was like this like little neighborhood music store dude, and he had like an entire wall... Two rows going down the entire wall of concert t shirts, and he would get concert shirts like a day after the concert, and they'd be like the actual tour shirts, and they'd be like fifteen bucks. So it was like I'd go to Perry's and he'd like he'd dig through his CDs or dig through his vinyls or cassette tapes, a whole wall of cassette tapes, yeah, or all the t shirts, and so that's where I bought all my stuff usually.
2: So if the collection started twenty five years ago from today, what's what's some of your big ticket items?
1: Um, big ticket would be to me just kind of more like my favorites. The toaster
2: is one of them. Yeah. What's your, what's your monumental stuff? Not, um, not basically dollar value, but the stuff that's huge to you are very rare to the rest of us.
1: I have a pair of stage used S and M two sticks. Ooh. Ooh. With like a set list that was taken off the stage by a tech that I got robbed to sign for me and show picks so like actual show picks not from the box set Mm -hmm. so like that display is super cool meaningful to me i have an 83 kill them all for one tour shirt
0: oh shit an original
1: yeah it's an original that i had james kirk and lars sign for me in oh three damn so it it was cool i Kind of got hooked up with the backstage pass because I had the shirt. Wow! But uh, then the bands were, oh, this is super cool. But then it's funny because Rob was coming down the line, so I like hide it. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, like I don't want Rob signing the eighty three
0: tour shirt. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> Rob, you can't touch this.
1: But but it was cool. Like like Kirk, Kirk grabbed it. He's like, oh man, look at this, and positioning it, and they like right where San Francisco is on the map of the U.S. Like X marks the spot.
2: And that's what Kirk put. Yeah so cool
0: i've been like whoa there kirk easy with the shirt it's fragile
2: yeah you can see through it you can see right. it's it's not wearable just quit tossing
0: it around bud yeah if you sneeze on it it's going to fall apart
1: and it's but i guess it's kind of cool because i guess thinking back in like 2003 the band was kind of like almost on the verge of breaking up just right before that and then they're coming back out like a whole new era of metallica fans per se so i think for them to see that 83 shirt they were all like wow super cool and they were all kind of excited about it
0: like hey our old school roots still exist right
1: yeah And that's totally what it felt like when they all came out
2: how'd you get your hands on that jason
1: oh dude that was an ebay score in like 1999 or something that's
2: a big score on ebay holy yeah. shit
0: especially in 99 because the internet was not you know what it is now obviously and
2: Oh yeah, dude, some of the stuff back
1: then I remember it used to go so cheap. And even then though, I was 19, so I couldn't really afford much over a certain price value. And I was like, man, if I only would have bought all that stuff then, I'd be sitting at gold mine now. Right?
2: <laughs> Crazy. Just-
1: like back then it was kind of cool. I um I bought a 84 metal militia fan club shirt, like the army green ones. Mm-hmm. I bought one of those and then I think I paid a hundred bucks or something. I don't even know. Then I got like another one kind of cheap not long after that. Well, then Joe Pasella, you know Joe.
2: Yep. He uh Mr. T-shirt master.
1: Yeah, dude, he hit me up years later. Want dude, I need to buy that shirt off you. And I sold it to him for a good money, but I wasn't even friends with Joe, didn't even know who he was at the time. But so now looking back to say, Oh, I'm friends with Joe, and so cool. He bought that shirt off of me. And that's kind of where it started. So, but my other shirt that I had was the you know, the other green shirt. I took it to a show in 08, Death Magnetic Tour in Columbus. And I remember standing there on the front row in the rail, holding it up, like, hey, yeah, cool. And like Lars finished Sandman. That was when Seek and Destroy was the closer. So Lars finishes Sandman. Hits the symbol and stands up and does that whole like walking towards you thing. And he comes by me and he's like, Toss me the shirt. And he's like, Where did you get this? I'm not going to be like, eBay. Like, (laughs) "Uh, my uncle.
2: (laughs) And you're like, I'm not tossing that to you, bro.
1: So he's like, Holding it around looking at it he's like so fucking
0: cool take I'm like, it easy with the shirt bro <laughs> no,
1: dude. i was like i was like hey can you sign it for me i was like hey sign it for me and he smirks and he's like yeah i'll just sign for everybody in here and then he like motions like tossed me a marker so i tossed him a marker and he signed the shirt for me right on the stage holy
2: shit that's awesome yeah.
1: so then i got my shirt back and at the end of the show he came by like looking for me and like Walked down and handed me a drumstick, and wow, well, first drumstick too.
0: It would have been really funny if he would have signed it for James and Kirk as well, right? <laughs> With his handwriting. Here you go. He
2: you knew you had something special though. If he gave you that much attention, that's that that caught his eye. That's what's cool about that shit.
1: Yeah, dude, it was super cool. Um, one of my other things, like I have a uh, like a plaque that I made um from when I did the Sick of the Studio tour when I named it uh i think jeff from Met club saved like all the unused backstage passes and they sent me a whole stack of posters ticket stubs anything that said sick of the studio so i made a big collage out of
2: all that oh like the leftover stuff when the tour was over
1: i got like an unused backstage pass from like every show two laminates two guitar picks two bass picks that's a lot of shit yeah wow I like my like little like yeah. I named that Taurus. I look at that every day in my office, and that's super cool.
2: Oh, you know, just a regular day of naming a metallic tour. No big deal, Jeff. <laughs> God, that's cool.
1: One of my uh, more recent coolest things is I have well, I have a drumhead signed by Lars that he played in the Cleveland show in 2019, but I just got a uh, drumhead. That says Metallica 2020.
2: Ooh, that's rare.
1: From the uh, Napa Valley show or whatever valley the driving show. Oh, you mean when they were called Pluto? Yep. yep. There you go. Yeah. So, like that—that's super cool, super special to me.
2: Um, Played uh, basically two shows in 2020, and you got the snare head. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And that was the yeah. only show that they used the twenty twenty heads. So So 'cause all within my hands they had the special heads for that.
2: That's true. That's dude, that's awesome. Those S and M two sticks, don't don't part ways with that.
0: No. I And if you do, send them to Shane.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know where I am, Jason.
1: Those were uh those were like a birthday present and I was like, Holy shit. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, that is that is beyond big.
1: Yeah. When um like Meganeth Ma- was breaking up or Dave was breaking up the band and dude he was auctioning off all the backdrops, all the guitars, oh, everything yeah,
0: around the system has failed era time period,
1: right around there, like it was like Andy Brower or Andy Brewer auctions. You might even find the stuff on the internet, but I do vividly then, remember that. I emailed them and I was like, dude, I can't afford these guitars and shit, dude. I was like twenty two years old or something. I was like, but Dave always reminded me, or I always thought of bullet belts when I saw Dave. So I was like, dude, do you guys have any bullet belts? I'm like, yeah, Dave has three of them. Oh boy. So like the one that I they were all super expensive, and the one that I got, granted, it was still expensive. I think a few hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. But it was they're like, Oh, it's missing a bullet, so it'll be cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Scratching that super cool to me and then uh so i bought that and i got the certificate of authenticity and all that shit and then uh do you know what era or year it's from you know i'll I'll get back to you i'll go dig out the certificate and look it up because it says on there but i thought the era was wrong because i think it said in the 90s but it was like when the brass finished ones My dude, he wasn't using the brass ones in the 90s. That was like 80s. Yeah, it was 80s for sure. The 90s, he had all the chrome ones and all that stuff. So I think they fucked something up. I'm thinking brass is from the early days. Dude, this bullet belt is so small and so tiny. I'm like... 83,
0: 82 maybe. (laughs) That's
1: where my mind goes. And Dave was so messed up on the heroin back then. Who knows?
0: Yeah. Could have been a twig.
1: I um,
2: <laughs> and if you hold the belt up, can you hear the mechanics?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, and jump in the fire with like the original lyrics.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. That is true. God, there's some history there, man.
0: That's super, super cool.
1: I saw Megadeth then. I saw Dave like Megadeth tour like maybe like a year after. Maybe it wasn't even a year after. At, like a really small club here in Cleveland. And I got in for like some sound check performance they were doing on the radio station. And then I talked to their tour manager and whatever, and he hooked me up with the backstage pass for the show. So mind you, this isn't a small club in Cleveland that holds like seven, eight hundred people. What year? I'm like going outside after the Megadeth set with my backstage pass on, grab the bullet belt from my car. And they go walking through the front door with the whole fucking string of ammo. <laughs> <laughs> That's never going to happen today. And they let you in? Yeah. Yeah. They let me right in. Wow. I walked upstairs to go meet Dave and showed him. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I kind of remember this. I'm like, yeah, I bought it from your auction. And he's like, oh, cool. I'm like, can I get a picture of you with it? And he's like holding up the bolt belt.
2: And... Oh, dude. Yeah. What year was that, Jason? That was like
1: uh oh five maybe oh five oh six right around the yeah system of failed system of failed era. Yeah,
0: like great right, system has failed united abominations can
1: or maybe it was the world needs a hero oh okay that one because i think the cover had like that caricature of dave coming out of the ground or something on it yeah that was
0: the world needs a hero that was the al petrelli jimmy DeGrasso album
1: Yep, that that's totally it. That that was the tour that I had got him to sign that I think or hold.
0: The- that's when they did the Rude Awakening live album DVD. Mm-hmm. It's a great live album.
2: Jimmy DeGrasso, my favorite Megadeth drummer, and when I say that, everyone thinks I'm crazy. I agree
0: with you. I am with you on that one.
2: You
1: know, like for me, I go back to Nick Menza,
2: but that's what, that's the I- answer I always get, Jason. So when I say Jimmy, and they're like, "What?" I'm like, "It's just a time in my life between." Yeah cryptic writings to that old 06 era i loved it
0: well he's just he's such a great drummer and i feel like he's so underrated too
2: very
1: you know it's kind of the same though with like metallica like dude like so many people now it's kind of like rob is metallica rob's been the band so much longer than clifford jason but something about jason he was the one in the band when i got into him
0: jason's still my favorite yeah
1: dude when i um so i have and you can splice this back in if you want, or whatever you do. So I have a uh, rock and roll hall of fame program when they got inducted into the rock hall in Cleveland, oh. and I was there at the ceremony. And they had programs on the tables for the VIPs that paid thousands of dollars, but they didn't sell them. So we were walking out, and I asked some lady, "My dude, can I buy that off you?" And she's like, "Oh, here, you can just have it." Wow. They gave me her program. Wow. Well, I'm super stoked. So when I um when I used my backstage passes to meet the band in the 08 or 09, yeah, 09, Cincinnati, from Naming the Sick of the Studio Tour, I took that program and had them all sign that. Oh, my God, Jason. That is
2: that is gold.
1: Yeah. Well, so I had James, Lars, Kirk, and Rob all sign that in 2009, same year they got inducted. Right.
2: So you've got the old nines on there with the signatures.
1: Yep. And it's cool, James is real small, down by his face. Kirk is a little bit bigger by his, kind of going over James. Rob tried to sign by his face. Lars just signed at the top, real, like, five-inch letters, just fucking Lars. As usual. Yep. So then I um, at the Fillmore shows in 2011, I I don't even know how it happened. We'll just say I got hooked up with the backstage pass after the show of Night 4. And... How'd you swing that, dude? I don't even know. I was talking to some dude outside from Cleveland, I didn't even know who the hell he was. He told me he's from Ohio. My dude, can I buy that pass off of you? I just wanted it for my collection. He's like, No, dude, you're from Ohio, just take it. He's like, It'll still work, it'll still get you up there. The whole band's upstairs,
2: the balcony area. Yep, okay. I
1: I was like, Seriously, he's like, Yeah, the whole band's up there. So I hailed a taxi which was like $2 back to my hotel, grad my program. And I remember running past Joe and my buddy, Jack, who took me there with him as his guest. They're like, where are you going? I'm like, dude, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. I'm scatterbrained. <laughs> <laughs> like I run back inside, run upstairs, do it. Like, I remember walking upstairs. First person I made eye contact with was James. He like looked like kind of like, Oh, cool. Who are you? And then there's Kirk. And then there's Jason Newstead sitting at like a little couch table with Rob next to him. Wow. Pretty much just like a
2: family room.
1: Oh, yeah. And that's what it was. It was like right where the museum was, Mm -hmm. right across the hall from that. Yeah, like right where the balcony was. Mm -hmm. Jason and Rob are sitting next to each other. I'm like, dude, Jason, any chance I can have you sign this? He's like, yeah, brother. And he stood up and got like a little closer to me. And so then I didn't feel so bad because I'm like, dude, you are my bass player in Metallica. Like, you are you are my bass player from Metallica. Like,
2: so you've got all five signatures on that program.
1: Uh, yeah. Wow. I, I contemplated getting or contemplated adding Ray, and I decided against it. Ray Burden was super cool, and though he
2: embodied Cliff all these like recent years, just not Cliff right and so i was like yeah no i totally agree with that when you were up in that room where you're getting looks like who the fuck are you man no
1: no dude kirk Hammett came up and like fist
2: bumped me and
1: like jason shook my hand rob nodded at me like james is just up there kind of like looking like nod like yeah
2: how many people up there maybe 40 people 50 people max this is after night four. they gotta be exhausted
1: Yeah, it was after night four. James, by the time I ran back to my hotel, took a taxi back, ran up there. James was up there maybe two more minutes, three more minutes. He was out there fast. Kirk, a couple more minutes. Kirk had a bottle of wine in his hand, I think. And then they bolted down the stairs. But, yeah, Rob and Jason sat there at the tables just talking to people. And they were just sitting
2: next to each other. Like, buddies. just, hey, what's up? Of all conversations, duh. Be a mouse in the corner that'd be the one.
1: Oh yeah wow it was super cool too because like i said it was night it was like night four
2: so just what a way to what a way to end it
1: yeah they're all up there just like oh cool it's over hey good to see you
2: all right jeff you go up a narrow windy staircase you run into james first you see jason and rob and then kirk you get one guy to go to who
0: is it I mean, I I gotta go to James. Okay. You know. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Us, us car guys, we stay together because that's what I would want to. <laughs> that's what I'd want to chat with him about.
2: Oh, you just want to talk about his Tesla? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, like it's cool. I've written in one. You know.
2: But let's talk about Iron Fist. Yeah. <laughs> Some reclaimed rust chatter is what it would be, right?
0: Oh yeah, I love that book. Dude, that book is awesome.
2: I bet I've looked through that three times now, and I've read the whole thing.
0: Yeah, it's good. Every time I look through it, it's sitting in my room on my bookshelf and pull it out from time to time and take a look at it. It's just, it's amazing every time. You guys
1: didn't go out there for that uh, launch party that James was at, did you?
0: I didn't, Jace, I was
2: working that weekend. I mean, you and I know mutual friends that were out there. Were you there for that? I
1: was. That That was super cool. Very cool. Yeah,
2: that was right before COVID hit.
1: Yep, that was right before COVID hit, and right before that was like my like last trip I took until I went to Montreal like a month ago. Crazy. Yeah, that was my big highlight for 2020.
2: <laughs> that Peterson Museum feels like five years ago after this whole fucking year we've put up with. Yep, crazy. I got to go back to the the uh, Rock Hall. So you were in there for the the uh, whole ceremony and the show. Yep. Where were you? Where were you sitting?
1: We were like facing the stage. We were on the left hand side, like the third section over. Okay. Um, the one of the parts where Jason like this goes up to all of you guys, and he points to the crowd.
2: I'm getting at. Yeah, I was like right there. You the guy screaming up there? Oh yeah,
1: but it's cool. But it's funny because like right where I was is more so like friends and family. And I got my tickets to the rock hall. And I know most of the Met Club members that got tickets were at the opposite end of the place. But yeah, where I ended up was like, dude, I was like 10 rows from the balcony overhang. So yeah, I was like right there. Super cool.
2: Boy, you played it well to uh, get one of those programs. Just think what that's going to be worth in 10, 20 years.
1: You know what? I would. I don't think I'd ever sell it, anyways. Though, like, it's so hard for me with like all my stuff. Like, as much as they are collectibles, like, I don't know if I could part with most of it. Like, no,
2: sentimental, man.
1: Dude, even like my drumsticks or the guitar picks, like, so like now how fans are like, oh, hey, did you get a guitar pick after the show? Dude, my first twenty-five shows, you just held on to whatever picks you got, right? and maybe because they were all the same too but for me i just held on to them and that was my souvenirs for the night i would frame them all and if i got two picks or 20 picks now it's a little different you know it's like i make sure all my friends got picks and all that stuff but that's what we do yeah i do have a hard time just like selling stuff because it's most of my stuff has memories or meanings or
2: it's all sentimental and we just attach it to it. and we know the date and we know the time we know the set list It's just can't get rid of it
1: yeah and now i need a bigger house because my walls are like literally full
2: (laughs) (laughs) everyone always talks about value because they walk into my house and see my pinball machine that's autographed by all four
1: how'd you get that that's awesome
2: uh obviously bought the machine and then the back glass i took out of it and had a hardwired experience in san diego in 17 that's awesome so the whole whole back glass is signed with everything in 17 dated and then it was a easiest way to get you know something like that signed
1: oh yeah for sure
2: and everyone's talking about value and i'm like dude i don't know if you could throw any amount at me right now it'd be like your s sticks it'd be like any of that stuff your program you could tell me an insane amount right now and i'd be like no. i wouldn't even fathom the offer yeah wouldn't even fathom the idea
1: dude i have a kiss pinball machine from like 78 oh damn that's the original yeah, the Baileys, 1978 one. Awesome. Ooh. Those are classic. Dude, I would love to get that signed. I've seen a bunch of people have the back glass. Like, oh, I would love to just walk in the meet and greet. Hey, can you guys sign the whole cabinet?
0: <laughs> <laughs> roll it in on like a dolly. I was going to say, yeah, put some casters
2: on it and roll it in. But it's a, it's a sentimental value. You'll never get rid of the, the, the number one item in your life.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And, yeah, like I said, like, probably my two favorite items are probably the toaster and maybe my plaque that I made with like all my passes and stuff. I'm sick of the studio. Oh God. Yeah. Probably two of the least monetarily valued items in my collection. But for me, they're super meaningful and super awesome. That's why I love them so much.
2: All oh, that Bally's 78 machines, classic working order, everything work on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've, um I've had a guy come out here a couple times to fix, minor things but yeah for 1978 the thing fires right up awesome plays great um he told me he's like oh dude your play field's awesome he's like, i've seen these in
2: pretty bad shape those things are built like tanks though made for the arcade and they're just solid as hell
1: uh, th- that's what he told me he was like let me guess you picked this up and you put it in the truck and had it wrapped in towels and blankets like, <laughs> yeah. he's like dude this glass is so tough and he's like banging on it <laughs> You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. But although like one night I got kind of drunk and I uh, started messing with like some of the buttons inside and I don't know what I did. I like erased all my high scores. Oh, Oops.
2: there goes the love gun black diamond high score, right? Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Jason, we would never ask you to make the choice between having to sell any of your prize possessions or not selling them. But we are going to ask you to make the choice between a little jump in the fire trivia or uh little we'll name that tune oh boy
1: oh man um haven't listened to you guys all the time and i sit here and i'm a nerd about it and I, like i answer all of them out loud to myself anyways so you got to go with the trivia yeah you know what? i do the same with jumping the uh yeah, let's do the trivia
2: bingo
0: i think trivia is the way to go you want to take it uh take it away shane
2: I, i'm so happy he chose this because let's just say when guests come on the show i i'm a professional stalker on their instagram <laughs> and knowing jason's collection and his background these might be the hardest questions i've ever come up with <laughs> in a podcast for all history but i think you're gonna be all right jace all right let's do this all right five questions let me to take it jeff Yeah, you
0: want to take one, three, five, and I'll take two and four? I can do that. Question
2: one for Mr. Garkowski. That's like a heavy metal name, isn't it? That sounds very heavy.
0: That's like a wasting my hate kind of name. Yeah, it's a thing that should not be (laughs) (laughs) heavy and sludgy. I love it. Love it.
2: Question one. Here we go. This is fitting. Imagine this. What color was Lars's kit? on the Sick of the Studio tour.
1: Sick of the Studio? Oh,
2: shit. Um, you think if you name the tour, you'd know the fucking drum kit color. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, but uh, the tour was in Europe, so I didn't get to go to any of the shows.
2: No excuse, sir.
1: Um, hold on. Uh, was that the orange one? Hold on. Uh. So-
0: 2007, yeah, the orange one. Final answer?
1: Uh, no, no, no. It was green. Final answer? Green is the final answer.
0: Ooh, you redeemed yourself. That was close, man. That was really was close. Hurried.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was the green one, right? Green
0: kit, you got it, man. Green it is. All right, question number two. James's wooden explorers that are. 3132 and the natural wood one are made by who?
1: Oh, uh, I know the dude, but I don't know the
2: dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like that answer. I almost want to give it to him because he knows
0: it's a dude. I'll even take initials.
1: Yeah, uh, hold on. Isn't like a there's an M or
2: a W, uh, Pretty damn close. You know these guitars. Oh, uh, fuck
0: with that. Um, He's definitely a one off builder.
1: Right, right. Because um, I know somebody that got
0: one built by him. Um, I've been trying to get one for a long time, and you have to put like a ridiculous amount down and wait for two years before you're even like. Before, yeah, it.
1: before they even consider it and design it for you. Yeah. I don't remember the guy's name. So, but isn't like Dean something with the M or W or not Dean? Um...
2: I got to give him a half a point, Jeff. Mr. Ken Lawrence. Ken Lawrence. Yeah. You're tough. I I dug deep for toughness, Jason. You
1: know, like, for, for me, not being, guitar, being a guitar player, I was kind of like, yeah, like I don't know who the hell he is other than through the Metallica correlation. So, who do you know that
2: actually has a lawrence guitar
1: it was well i take it back i don't personally know him, but it was somebody in the forums i okay. think had one designed and i think earlier this year actually got it fulfilled and like oh here's my ken lawrence guitar god yeah so, yeah
0: somebody in the forums jeff what did those go for when you call them up uh, when I was looking into it, it was like a $4,000 deposit, two-year waiting list, and then I think end the end, somewhere around the ballpark of like nine to 10000
2: Ooh, that's quite the wait for a dream guitar.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's like fully decked out. I mean, you could simplify it a little bit, but I mean, this thing is made by hand. It's...
1: Isn't it like all like mahogany wood and snoopers? Well, then they
0: use like bubinga and all sorts of different, you know... Different types of topwoods to make it look, you know, super, super amazing. And like I said, it's all made by hand. He's not like a mass produced guitar maker. I think he makes a total of like 25 guitars and basses, like combined a year. Cause he started off as a bass guitar maker, if I do recall. I'm pretty sure that's like where his roots come from. And then he started making guitars. James was like one of the first. People to bring it to that like mainstream public eye, if you will.
2: Does that come with the uh, the optic lights and all that? Oh, yeah, the yeah, you, optic light the yeah, you,
0: yeah, for the uh, fret top mar- of the neck, yeah, the fret markers. Oh, it's so fucking cool. I don't know why I love that so much, but it's so cool. Yeah, I love those guitars. I've always dreamed of having one.
1: The, the Carlson guitar is amazing.
2: Yes, just the story of the wood and all that, how they actually. Yeah. Made that into a a good sounding axe. think it'd be a shitter, but man, just talk about working your magic.
1: Sounds good. It looks amazing.
0: Yeah, well, it's just that top wood is from the garage.
1: Right. Probably an eighth of an inch or something. Yeah, it's
0: probably, yeah, skimmed down super thin, and I'm sure most of the body is mahogany, so. Yeah.
2: Coolest fretboard ever.
0: Yeah, I love that guitar.
2: All right, Jason, number three, right up your alley. At the four Fillmore shows in 2011, what were the opening songs for those four nights?
1: All the instrumentals. Uh, Do you want them in
2: order? Because I don't remember the order. You already got the question correct. That's all we're looking for.
0: Yep, looking for all four instrumentals. Okay. All right, question number four. Who made the Damage Justice Stage Harvester of Sorrow toy set?
2: McFarlane. Wow! That's Boom! Quick. Something tells me you have that. <laughs> I do. Still sealed. <laughs> Still sealed, dude. Haven't even taken it out, huh? No. Batteries are getting all acid crusty in the bottom of that justice stage.
1: I did think about opening it for that reason, just to check. But yeah, like a
2: little watch battery in it. That's what mine had.
0: Oh, is that what it was?
2: You know, the little uh, what do they call them? Nickel.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're like the little hearing aid batteries.
2: Yeah, I call them hockey pucks. What?
0: Oh yeah, this yeah, the skinny little one.
2: Such a cool set. Speaking of eBay, those are like four five hundred dollars now if you find one of those boxes. Are they really? Yeah, I looked it up when I was <laughs> when I was looking at questions today. I just looked it up just kind of curious, and it was like four eighty. I'm like, holy shit.
1: The Molly Crew ones are real expensive too. I have the Molly yeah, sealed
2: What stage is that? The shout at the shout devil. Shout at the devil. So cool. Yep. Mr. McFarland, smart man. Oh, yeah. Question five to wrap up Jump in the Fire from good old Cleveland. Name a song that was played live during the Through the Never filming that did not make the movie. Uh, There are four acceptable answers.
0: We're just looking
1: for one. I want to say Hit the Lights. What was the one that had the toilet?
2: Uh... Told you it was going to be a tough round, dude. Yeah, uh, <laughs> hold on. Four songs that did not make the movie. And some of them didn't even make the soundtrack.
1: Man, I haven't dug out that soundtrack in quite a while, but uh, or the movie, but... Whiplash? Final answer? Yes, I'm going to say Whiplash.
2: Say no. <sighs> Try another one. <laughs> Go back to your toilet thought.
1: Or at the, to- the toilet thought, and I'm trying to think because I thought they did that for Hit the Lights, but I thought Hit the Lights was on the soundtrack.
2: It is but that's when they brought out the practice amps and the little work lights.
1: Oh yeah.
2: Were you at the shows? No, I was not.
1: Okay. I kind of regret that. Amazing. Um so the toilet was Do they play Metal Militia at the
2: <laughs> He doesn't know. <laughs> Go back to your original thought, Jason. <laughs>
1: I, I do not know.
2: It was seek at the end. Was it? And it's weird because it's like, how did seek and destroy not make the fucking movie?
1: Yeah, I um, like, and that's a, so I thought seek. I'm like, no, they definitely put seek in the movie or on the soundtrack, but
2: and they didn't. It was so weird. It went from hit the lights into then uh, Orion. Wow, no for the, the credits,
1: oh, yeah. huh? Do that version of Orion's amazing though. That's, in
2: my opinion, one of the best. I think I listen
1: to that song more than any other song in that soundtrack. Like I'll just go to that Orion version because it's amazing, so oh, tight,
2: mixed so well, love mm-hmm. it. All uh, the other songs that were on there, they did not include Sanitarium, Sad, and Fade. Really? Huh. Which you got? As the three of us shake our heads, going, "How do you cut those four songs out?" Well, to me, that that's fine.
1: But then, if they felt that they were worth cutting out of the set list for or the soundtrack for that, they cut them out of the permanent set list for a while too. And I'd be okay with that. Just kind of throw some new stuff in.
2: But you just told us in our dream no more set list that Sanitarium's in there. Sanitarium's a little different than. Sanitarium. <laughs> <laughs> He's like,
0: get rid of sad but
2: true.
1: Yeah, you, you're targeting sad but true.
2: <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. That's awesome. Those some hard fucking questions, boys.
1: Yeah, those uh. Dude, I normally listen to all of your episodes, and I'm like, I can normally rattle them all off. I'm like, all right.
2: Different when you're on the spot, Jace.
1: Oh, it very much is. If uh, You guys can edit this out. But uh, if you guys have a chance, throw me your other for the songs, too. I just want to see if I can do them.
2: How about real quick? Uh, We have two, two name that lyric. Oh, you want the name that tune or the lyric line?
1: Whichever one you guys want uh dude name that tune
0: jeff you got tunes all right i got a couple lined up you ready for it yeah
2: this is going to be called the two-hour episode from cleveland (laughs) all right here we
0: go song number one
1: Will that spit out the bone
0: i gotta hear it again play it back one more time
1: Oh, Lords of Summer.
0: Ding, ding, ding. You got it, my friend. I agree. Lords of Summer it is. We're doing them
2: all, Jeff. Play them all three. We're doing the lyric. We're fucking doing it all.
0: All (laughs) Yep, I I just got to get the next one queued up.
2: While you do that, I'm going to read him a lyric line.
0: All right, go ahead.
2: Name that lyric. There's things inside without a care. And the dirt still stains me. Until it sleeps. Ooh, that was fast. That was very fast. (laughs) I heard it on the radio today driving. I said, yep,
0: there's one of them. That's going to be it tonight.
1: I haven't heard that in forever.
0: Great song, man.
1: It's all right. I skip it sometimes.
0: Oh, I love that song. All right, here we go. Song number two. Well, for low man's lyric.
2: Whiplash. Whew. Just firing these out. And for the next lyric, on the way to Great Destroyer, Doom Design. Um, uh, say it again. On the way to Great Destroyer, Doom Design. Halo on fire. Very close, but no. Yeah, uh, um if I said it faster, you would have it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um this is yeah, this is hard, so I know it is. <laughs> Another song on the radio today during the drive home. I should say the Metallica radio channel XM, whatever you call
1: it. Is Um, is it uh mouth to flame? On the way to Great Destroyer, tube design. Oh, hardwired.
2: There
0: you go. <laughs> that was the difference. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the last song.
1: <laughs> uh, um, shortest Straw? Wow.
0: Yes, sir. Look at that, man. You did better on that stuff than the trivia. That was quick. <laughs>
2: how many people are still listening (laughs) are you still listening Shane? dude i'm happy dude i I could go on for three more hours
0: with (laughs) this i love it all this has been a great episode
1: i told my girlfriend i was coming on here and she's like oh good have fun nerding out because like (laughs) when we talk i spend half of our time talking nerding out over like telling her what's on your podcast and telling her metallica stupid trivia stuff or going through my going through my collection and like, oh, look at this. You know what year this is from? You know
2: what this is? Same kind of discussion. Jason. You guys met through Metallica, correct?
1: Yeah, we did. Um, It's crazy because I met her in like 2014 at Heavy Montreal briefly. And then, you know, we would go to shows and like, oh, let's meet up and say hi. And cool. normally I'd be with the Vikings and like we're going to drink after the show and like, oh, hi, bye, see ya. And then like we we're supposed to meet up at the Minneapolis show in 2016. Same thing. She got drunk. I was late flying in. Never met up after the show and went home.
2: Oh, I love you. Who was late? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, then I, uh, I went down to Atlanta for the 2017 show. And yeah, a few beers later, I'm getting ready to leave. And she's like, all right, see ya. Where's my kiss? Oh, uh, go. Yeah, all
2: right. Oh, you were
1: a kid. I'm like, great. Right.
2: I was kind of was the encore.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, this is before the show, you know, pre party. And then, so I'm like, Oh, you want to come back to my hotel? It's just me and Brett. I can kick him out. She's <laughs> like, no, no, no. <laughs> then, uh, yeah. Next thing, you know, like we're at the show and escalated a little bit. And then next, but then I didn't see her though till like Toronto, like a month later. Okay. Toronto was cool. We escalated things a little bit, and it was fun. It was an awesome weekend. But then I didn't see her for like a whole year. Then we both got black tickets, and I was like, all right, I'll do like probably five or ten shows. And she's like, yeah,
2: me too. And you end up doing 28?
1: <laughs> well, yeah. So she convinced me to do the opening night in Madison, which I wasn't going to do so she's like well i'm gonna go all right well if you're going i guess i'll go so that we met up there killer weekend together and i came home don't ask me why but then yeah i just kept adding shows to my tour same here but then she started doing the same thing so she she did a few shows i didn't do but i think she still ended up at like 24 shows out of all of them so it was like we did all the shows together starting like in vegas like we were just start booking our own hotel rooms and awesome. Yeah. Things just kind of grew
2: and escalated.
1: And now it's like awesome. Uh, It's so hard
2: though. (laughs) Match made in Metallica heaven, man.
1: Yeah. See if the band only
2: knew this kind of shit, we got to let them know Jeff after an hour and 34 minutes, do you have a good title for this episode?
0: Hmm. Let's see. How about an hour and a half in the life of Jason G? <laughs> <laughs> that's actually pretty good.
2: I don't think... I'm impressed, man. That was That's what it's going to be. You heard it. We're leaving that in there. That's not hitting the, the cutting room at all.
0: You heard it, folks. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good.
2: An hour and a half in the life of Mr. Jason Garkowski, Dyer's Cleave, Cleveland Cavs, Cleveland Browns, black ticket Holders, seventy-five plus shows, toasters, pinball machines, bullet belts, lovely lady in Montreal, and forty-five thousand other things we talked about. Is there anything else, Jason? We don't know about you. We gotta have like a part two for you in a couple seasons.
1: Dude, I'm sure there's something. Yeah, I'm. I'll come back anytime, dude. I I love talking Metallica. I love talking music. I'll come back anytime
2: we love it man thanks again for coming on podcast for all anybody can come on the show shoot us a message email us and podcast for all at gmail.com season three episode three hate to tell you boys but i'm gonna go jump at the pool because it's 75 degrees at one in the morning here i'm gonna
1: finish my beer and go to bed
0: <laughs> i'm with you there man
2: <laughs> jason thanks again uh keep in touch and god hopefully we cross paths in 21 soon
1: oh yeah man i'm sure we will
0: Thanks again, Jason. We appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Jeff. It was awesome, man.
0: We will see you soon, Jason.
1: Bye. All right. See you guys. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.